Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Well, welcome. I'm Judy Sedgman, and this is Psychology Has It Backwards, and I'm here with my compatriot and wonderful friend, Christine Heath. Aloha. (laughs) Christine's in Hawaii, and I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, we're always delighted to uh, bring you these podcasts. And welcome back. We've been missing in action for a couple of weeks, and it's uh, nice to be back with you. Yes, and thank you for your patience as well. So today we want to talk to you about the fact that the work that we do, the three principles work, is, is not static. It's not like you go to a three principles class and, oh, great, I got it, I'm done. And then you just, you know, keep following what you already know and applying it. And the beauty of our work, and to me, the most thrilling aspect of our work and also the most wonderful aspect of our work personally is that the longer we do it, the more we do it, the deeper we look, the more we see. And it continues throughout life to unfold. And as Sidney Banks often said, you know, the potential for what there is to see is infinite. There's, you never come to the end of it. And so uh, it's not a, it's not a, a subject it's like when I, when I was uh, working on my doctoral degree in uh, educational psychology, there were topics that you took a course, and at the end of the course, you had completed the knowledge for that topic. And unless you were going to specialize in it, you knew what you needed to know to share it with others. And uh, that's not true with the principles. It's like you share whatever you do know, but you know that next time you share, you're going to know a lot more and it's going to look different or you'll see something you never saw before. And it's, uh, so it's always refreshing. It's never stale and dull and like, oh gosh. I remember when I was in high school, I had a history teacher who was getting ready to retire. She retired the year after I had her. And she was using these notes that were just crumbling. They were like yellow sheets and they were crumbling. And I asked her one time, I said, gosh, you know, they're so uh, delicate, your notes, you know, you should put them in plastic or something. She said, well, this is my last year, but those are my college notes. (laughs) And she was really proud of that. So ever since college, she'd been teaching history from her college notes, which would explain why we never learned any recent history. But I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, it kind of, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher. And then after I had that conversation, I thought, oh, that would be awful, just teaching the same thing over and over again. But that's not, that's not really what the principles are about. The principles are about discovery and sort of the unfolding, like a flower unfolding, you know, those slow motion pictures of flowers unfolding. It's like, you know, you, you think you've seen the, the inside and the beauty of it, and then it opens more, and then it opens more. And um, I think that it keeps it alive for us, but it's also very hopeful for our clients. Because if they start to feel better, it's only the beginning. It's not like, well, oh, good, you feel better now. And so, you know, you can stop thinking about it. It's like as you keep looking and keep looking, you don't have to 
study or anything. Just look, you know, quiet down and look deeper and you see more and more and more. You know, it reminds me a little bit of um, listening to some of my colleagues who talk about the different tools they have in their toolbox. And in, in a way, the principles are the toolbox. Yeah. You know, it's like people say, well, what's your approach? You know, what kind of approach do you use? Is it evidence-based approach? And the thing about the principles is it's not an approach. Now, it's not like a list of things you do or don't do or techniques or rituals or things. Like you could do anything, really. But and it's an understanding of how it all works that creates a different way of doing interventions with people and talking to people and talking from the, the feeling of mental well-being yourself. Now, that's very different from trying to get to be mentally healthy trying to get people to be better, right? Because then you got to use techniques to do that. And that's something that's really makes the work that we do different is that like if you came to my clinic and you sat in on sessions with all of our staff, you would find that everybody does therapy in a little different way. And if you didn't know to listen for the principles, you might not even see it as being the same thing because how every person does their therapy or coaching or whatever it is they do, it comes from their understanding and from their personality and their way of being and their experience in life. So it's very different. It's very different. And it's different not only from staff person to staff person, but from client to client. So in that way, it's the most flexible and usable uh, way of uh thing that you can become aware of in order to, to help other people. And that's something that a lot of people can't get that. Like that they'll listen like, Oh, okay, I got it. This is another thing I can put in my toolbox. I'll talk to people about their innate health. Well, that's, that's really not it. That's, that's a little crumb of it. You know, it's kind of like, that's the tip of the iceberg and the whole rest of the iceberg you're missing. You know, that it, Speaking of what you're, what you're saying, Chris, is that that was that's what makes it so rewarding to work with people. We're not uh, telling them what to do or giving them things, exercises to practice, or uh, you know, things to remember or lists or tasks. You know, it's a conversation, and um, our colleague Mark Howard always called it a partnership of health, which I think is beautiful. It's like our well-being drawing out and speaking to their well-being and and it you don't know where it's going to go i mean people all of a sudden i've had clients you know where you started out and they were whining and crying and telling me their problem and how sad they were and we you know kind of get started talking and the feeling would get nice and you know i'd just be kind of directing their attention to mental well-being in whatever way it occurred to me and I've had clients like leap off the sofa and go, oh, my gosh, I'm just fooling myself, you know, and just get over it you know, just right there. And, you know, obviously, we still have things we want to talk to them about, but it's 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 not um, hard. It's you're just waiting for those moments of insight uh, for the client to find that moment of peace, that opening to their own heart and soul. So they, you know, they start to realize they're OK. 
And sometimes just telling clients, you know, we're not going to talk about what's wrong with you because fundamentally there's nothing wrong with people. We have ways of using our thinking against ourselves that get in the way, but that doesn't make you broken. It just means that you got off track, you know, heading off in a different direction. And that's a relief to people to think that, that there is no, you know, imagine if you had to walk through life with a, with a cracked bone in your leg and nobody, nobody offered to put a cast on it or fix it. And so you, you'd have this flaw that was always going to trip up, you know, always going to create a problem for you and you wouldn't know what to do about it. And you just be limping around. And that's kind of like when you think that your mind is broken or you think your heart is broken or you think you're broken in some way. Broken is, is forever, you know, <laughs> and and it, it's such a relief for people to realize, no, you can't break the human spirit. You can't break mental well-being. You can turn away from it. You can get a loss from it. But as you look again, you rediscover it in a new way. And that's, uh, that's a, I mean, it's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> I get all poetic thinking about it, but it, it is such a beautiful thing to know that and to sit with people and you never have to feel sorry for them or worry about them or wonder if they're going to be okay or, you know, that they're okay. They just have to discover that. <laughs> Yeah, and there, there's not. It's not like you discover what thought you have that's causing you to feel anxious. Then that's it, or that you do EMDR of all of the memories that are causing you to be distressed. Like that's a way of dealing with the same thing, but a kind of a more linear way, right? Like we're talking about a horizontal change in a sense, like it's a a, a depth change. So like what you see at one level of understanding looks a certain way, but you can see that exact same thing from a deeper level of mental well-being, and it looks totally different. Now, that's really interesting because that's not something your intellect can do. That comes from your ability to come from wisdom, come from that space that you're talking about, and then see how everything works. So People, when they start to learn this, and especially when they're starting to teach it, it's not something you go to a weekend seminar and then you got it. Um, what happens is you get a piece, maybe, and if you get that piece, you start to see there's a lot of pieces you can't see yet. And that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps us going. So here are these two old broads, right, talking <laughs> about this stuff, and we've been working in this field for years. Like for me, I've been a therapist since 1976. That is a long time to be a therapist, and I would challenge that you find anybody else in the field that's been working consistently. All, I mean, I didn't take any breaks. I didn't have kids. I didn't stop and you know get married and take a year off. I, I have never stopped working, um, unless I'm on a vacation or something. But you know, it's like there's very few people, if any, that are in my career that are as jazz and excited about what they don't know as I am. You're not going to find somebody that's been around this long that's not, they, people tend to be a little bit jaded or kind of, people will say to me like, oh, don't you get sick of hearing the same old problems? It seems like it's the same old thing all the time. Well, yeah, I'm not listening to problems. I'm not doing that. I'm helping people evolve. 
And the evolutionary nature of this understanding is different than the intellectual understanding of it. Yeah, and and for some people, that's a really hard concept to to grasp. That you know, I think I was thinking this earlier today about in another context that my whole education from the time I started school as a little child was geared to foster, improve, hone, fill my intellect. Everything that I learned all the way through college and graduate school and my doctoral program, everything was geared towards uh, giving me more information to store away and and retrieve. And the only thing I ever became involved in that had nothing to do with my intellect whatsoever was the principles. And it was shocking to me at first because I couldn't wrap my mind, I couldn't wrap my intellect around it, which is what I was calling my mind. And I I remember early on uh, when I first met Sid, I said to Sid, you know, I I don't understand half of what you say. And he said, oh, that's good, dearie. (laughs) I was like, what? He said, that's really good. That means you're listening beyond my words. You know, you're not you're not focused on what I'm saying. You're trying to see something for yourself. He was really happy about that. And I was thinking, I was admitting how dumb I was that I couldn't understand him because that was the context of my learning. So it was it was very exciting to me to it's almost like it was a when I started to to work from a deeper place, you know, from not trying to figure everything out and not analyzing, but just kind of looking to see, looking to see if I could get a different idea. I was so shocked at the fact that, number one, I could. And number two, I had no idea where it came from. You know, sometimes I'd get an idea that I'd never heard before, never read before, never seen before. Just out of the blue, I would get, oh, wait, how about this? And I would be so surprised. Like, what? who said that? <laughs> it's sort of like hearing a voice <laughs> And, um, and that's how our clients, I realized that what, you know, what I was experiencing just learning to be a different kind of professional was how our clients experience learning to be mentally healthy. They've been listening to their problems and repeating their problems and thinking about what's wrong for so long uh, that they've never had a moment's peace, you know, to suddenly see something new. And I, I had a client one time who said to me, well, aren't you ever angry? You know, I mean, am I going to get over being angry? And I said, you know, you're not going to get over being angry. You're just going to stop caring that you're angry. It's just going to be a thought that passes through your mind. And it's just a different quality of thought. And I said, you know, people are going to have angry thoughts that they pop up, you know, out of nowhere sometimes, but it's not the thought, the content thought of the thought that matters. It's, it's your seeing yourself as being deeper than your thoughts and not having to grab them and do something with them that they would just fade away. Now, if, if you're listening, uh, even as I'm listening to you, it's like, it, it really is such a different paradigm. It's like, it's like helping people to find mental health and really not caring about what they think about. You know, like that's really very different. Right. And 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 then having this this like evolutionary nature to it, like an example of this is our our good colleague, our good friend and colleague, I should say, uh, Bill Pettit, Doctor William Pettit, is a psychiatrist, and 
he's been involved in teaching the principles um, along with us for many, many years. And when he, um, Sidney Banks wrote this book called Second Chance. And if any of you are interested in seeing something deeper or challenging yourself a little bit to, to see this, I'd really recommend this book because it's the first one that Sidney Banks wrote, but it's also uh, just such a, there's so much in it. And so Bill Pettit read the book and he thought, oh, this is a great book. And then, I don't know, some time went by a year or something went by and he picked it up and read it again. And he got really upset because he thought that the book he was reading had been edited and that Sid had not disclosed this in the new printing of the book. <laughs> so he, he calls Sid up and he goes, Sid, I, I read this book, Second Chance, and there's things in here that I've never read before. And <laughs> so I know it's been edited, but it, 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 you haven't disclosed on here that you edited the book. And Sid laughed at him and he said, Bill, I haven't touched that book since I sent it to the publisher. But Bill had changed. And yeah. so he saw something different in the book. And that's kind of the, the magic of the principles is that as your state of mind changes and you're living in a healthier, more uh, aware of uh, aware state of mind, you start to understand how it works. Your understanding gets deeper and you see things and hear things that you never heard before. It's those moments where you go like, oh, oh, I never saw that before. And that's kind of when you see from within where you have an insight. Now, when your state of mind changes and you go deeper into a state of mental well-being, everything in your life changes. It's not just one thing. So if you went to a therapist and you really got an understanding of the principles, the problem you went in with would change and get better or be solved but you'd also change everything else in your life now i don't think any 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 therapies claims that to people but that's really what people do when they get in a healthier state of mind they get you know things change and they might have the same job but it looks like a great job you know it's, it's kind of like they they uh, discover that the person they're married to they're really madly in love with and don't want to get a divorce from them. You know, it's, it's just amazing to me how life changes when your state of mind changes. Your level of consciousness really is what we're talking about. Yeah, and that and, and the interesting thing is for years, our uh, late colleague Roger Mills had a, uh, his business was called a Center for Sustainable Change. And everybody thought it was about the environment, but it was about your inner environment. And the idea of sustainability is, is also different from the usual paradigm in the sense that I know I have so many friends that have gone to therapists for years and sometimes on and off and sometimes regularly. And they'll say, well, I get a new problem. I have to go back to the therapist or so. Yeah, now my son is having trouble and I've got to go back to my therapist. It's like they don't change. They, they problem solve with their therapist and they are very dependent on the therapist to help them through whatever they're going through in life. And I'm sure they get help to go through things. But as, as we change internally, problems look different. So part of the reason it's sustainable 
is that when you see something, you can't unsee it. You know, you can you can start to doubt it or you can have moments of insecurity. But once you've seen that you're the thinker, you know, and that you're creating your own experience, you can't unsee that. It's because truth, you know, when you touch the truth, the truth kind of registers. And so uh, we, we see people, I mean, uh, all of us have seen people over the years that have come back to us, but they don't come back with a new problem. They come back and go, you know, I want to look deeper. I'd like to, what's up now with, with all of you or in the principles? What are people doing? You know, what's happening? What can I get involved in? How, help me to quiet down some more. But they don't come back and say, oh, yeah, well, last time I was here, I was, you know, dating a gambler and he was beating me up and now I'm dating a drunk. You know, that isn't how it, how it goes. It, it, as people evolve and as we evolve, uh, we see more, they see more. And the more you see, the more you want to see. Well, sometimes people do come back because they get lost again. Like they, their, their understanding wasn't deep enough to maintain it. And, but they know there's something off with them rather than something off in their life or with other people. They know like, okay, I've lost my bearings here. I've lost my good feeling. I've lost it. And they kind of know where to go. So it only takes like one or two sessions to kind of get focused back into that feeling like, oh yeah, okay, I'm good again. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now there's always... There's always people that come in that have things happen, like they have like lose five people, you know, in a year or something, or they lose a job or something, and they they just get unbalanced by that, and they want to come back to see what to do, but they know in in themselves what to do. They just, but they know they can't see it, right? Like that's yeah. that's that's the difference, rather than whoa, whoa, is me? I'm broken, and this is proof of it, and uh, or you know, the world is doing me in again. It's a different, it's a different way of uh, looking at therapy. Sure. It's like, uh, you know, like for for me, it's sort of like getting a massage. You know, I mean, I, once you've had a massage and you know, it helped you. uh, If you start getting little aches and pains again, you might go back to the massage therapist, but you're, you're, you know, you know, it's going to help you. Or if you've been given exercises to do, you go back and do them, you know, that you know, you know that there's something you can do. And I think that's what you're saying, Chris, is that once you see the principles at work, you know that you've got to look again, you know, just quiet down and, and you know, it's in you, not in the therapist. Yeah, which is not yeah. You know, one of my colleagues, when we first learned this, we went to the very first training together. And um, he, I changed really dramatically. Like I had one of those, like, oh my God, I'm doing everything backwards. That was like my first insight. And um, and then, so he watched me for a week and I was happy and I wasn't stressed out and I kept changing day by day, really. And so after a week, he said, you know, I've been trying to figure out what you heard that I didn't hear in that, in that training. And he said, and... Finally, on Saturday, I just gave up. I just like let it go and said, screw it. And then he said, I got up Sunday morning and I realized what you were seeing. He said, but then I thought, gosh, I'd have to get a lot more clients in order to maintain my business. So I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And I was like, what? 
<laughs> they, they found the cure to mental illness, but you're not going to do it because you think that you'd need more referrals? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I was like, well, don't you think the fact that people got better would be a good like marketing tool? Yeah. I don't think so. You know, and literally turned his back on it and thought I was, you know, crazy from that point on, I think. Anyway, love him dearly. But yeah, yeah. it was very interesting. So well, we're just not used to thinking like that. We're not used to looking at life. So it, it's just that awakeness that as we get more awake and we evolve, it's a lot harder to turn your back on it. Absolutely. And, and with that. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. And with that, <laughs> I think we're done with this for, t- for today. Yep. And it's been fun. And it's always a pleasure to work with Chris. And we'll see you next week on Psychology Has It Backwards. Aloha. And also, we have, a, we have a class if you want to sign up to join us. We have a little group that meets uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, different times for different time zones. Uh, and you can find it on our website. But uh, if you'd like to join it, we'd love to see you. Yeah, it's it's called the program. And it's like if you're having, like, you, you don't feel balanced. You're not living in your health. You're not happy. You're not doing well in life. And you've um, tried a lot of things in psychology and you've lost hope. Or if you've even been learning the principles and still get stuck on some things. Or if you're a therapist and trying to, learn this for yourself and want to want some want to work with us you know please join us it's very inexpensive you can come and go as you like you can sign up week to week there's no long-term contract and uh we'd love to see you so take care bye-bye we hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone to subscribe to the podcast Visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 